Uh, welcome back to the Gen Z Hockey Podcast. We are Zahar and Lucas. We have Trevor back on the podcast. He's kind of the third, third member of the show for the playoffs, and we'll see how everything goes. But um, we're back. Leafs get back-to-back Ws. Um, Jason Spezza becomes the oldest Leaf to ever score a goal uh, and playoff goal. And, uh, it's Joe Thornton, not Jason Spezza. <laughs> oh, I thought I said Joe Thornton. Whatever. Jason Spezza always also scores. Um, so we have a bunch of goals from a bunch of veterans, and we got the uh, the uh, the two Ws back to back. Um, and we have yeah. a couple of other interesting series that are that are happening right now. And uh, yeah, we'll just guess get right into it. Um, so here's the thing from the Leafs perspective, we're going to get right back to where we started from. Like how, how great was, how great was those last two days for those, for us, for the us Leaf okay, fans? So, so cool. Um, if we want to talk about like the first game, the first game was brutal to watch the two, one win. Oh, it was boring um, as hell. I, like, I'm going to guess Trevor, Trevor, if you watched it from someone who doesn't care, I'm going to guess it was terrible to watch. I mean, I mean, then there's the third period where Montreal just was like, "We're gonna turn it up, but not score." Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to talk- talking about that, um, Montreal has four goals in four games. Um, William Nylander alone has that. Um, so, like, if you can't score goals, you're not winning anything, no matter how good your goalie or your defense is. Um, yeah, I mean, I was right in that. One team would show up one game, the other team would show up the next, except Montreal's best just wasn't enough. Yeah. I mean, like, Montreal, <laughs> is, is much, was Montreal playing at their best yesterday? Just they couldn't score? Yeah, I, I'm thinking I, game, game, uh, game three. Game three. Yeah, I think at game three, even at their best, they could only score one goal, which just. Like, yeah, game four, the Leafs were just like, yeah, we're taking, we're taking over. We're taking over. We're dominating. And just, I. I'm just so confused by the Montreal Canadiens at their lack to score goals. I think like, I really Cole Caulfield gave him a jolt, but yep. yeah, that's a 50 uh, it, goal scorer. That's a 50 goal scorer in this league. Well, he's day. going that, to be game three. He was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep, he hit the crossbar like three minutes in. Yeah. Um, so is it that um, is it that Montreal can't score goals, or is it that uh, Jack Campbell has just been amazing, and just the defense of the Leafs has been amazing? I know there have been many like ch- chances where they could score goals, but they did have a couple power plays last night. Uh, they had power plays that like they had a four minute power play in the first game, and they just can't put anything together, even with Caulfield and like all all of their like young talents. They can't put anything behind Jack Campbell and the defense. I, I think that you can you can blame hot goaltending as much as you want, but if you go 0% on the power play, it's not all a hot goaltender's fault, personally. Yeah, so like, yeah. and Toronto has killed the last 20 power plays of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So it's... And not- Montreal's the kind of team, their goal is to go up one to nothing and then just shut it down. That's why yeah, in game so like two... Game one, uh, yeah, in game two, when they went up one nothing, I was like, this is going to be very, very frustrating for the Leafs. And then the Leafs, and then once Spezza tied it and the Leafs took the lead, it was over. And then these last two games, the Leafs took the lead. Yes, Suzuki scored, but then once once Riley scored, the game, like, there was, no, there was nothing to it. And then once the Leafs went up 2 nothing yesterday, like, it really felt like it was over. Yeah. Um, so a couple other things from last night. Uh, Galchenyuk has three points. How funny two, was that? Uh, two amazing passes and they then were. the empty net goal. Um, and then Jack Campbell records his first shutout as a uh, in the playoffs. So that's good for him. Crazy. And uh, Spezza and Thornton score. And Thornton becomes the oldest Leaf to score uh, and in the playoffs. So, Okay, so I, I want to pose a question again on the Montreal Canadiens front. I think we talked about this beforehand. I don't want to jinx anything, but let's let's say Montreal loses this series. Are both Ducharme and Bergevin camp? Um, the whole Bergevin thing is really an interesting thing because he is French speaking, 
and they always like having French, like French speaking um, individuals in positions like in, in their management. And he's been good. He, his team like his, the team he put on the ice on paper is relative. Like it's good. Like it's a playoff team. Bergevin or, or Ducharme? Ber- Bergevin or Ducharme? No, Bergevin. Um, Bergevin, like he made a good team. He spent a crap ton of money. They should have oh, been yeah. better. Um, the way the Oilers went out, they probably should have beat the Oilers in the standings, but they didn't. Um, they they were like fighting for like fourth at like a couple times in the regular season uh, with like Calgary and like I think if if there was more runway, the oil uh, the Ottawa Senators would have caught up and probably beat them in the standings. Um, but the, it is a good it is a good team on paper. A lot of injuries happen, so I don't know how much you can blame that on Bergerad. And like he, Eric Stahl was bad. Yeah, Eric right. Stahl was just brutal. But it was also like, wasn't that like a like a, a pickup at the? Yeah, it was a it was a pickup at the deadline. deadline. That's, it was a pickup at the deadline. But like they they spent they spent a third and a fifth, which like I know that could be nothing, but it's like you want you spent so that this guy could help your hockey team, and he hasn't. So I don't know if Bergevin. I know Ducharme's not coming back. If they lose the series, that he's not coming is he, back. Is sure. he? I'm pretty sure he's interim, right? He's not a head coach. He's an interim coach, right? I think so. I'll check. Because yeah, yeah, like I don't know if they extended him or not. Because like if if he's an interim coach, like he's clearly like clearly he is not. He's not throwing out his players the way they should be thrown out. Are there any like French-speaking he, coach free agents? Like, I and I and that's what I was saying was, was this guy's not going to get it done. Would you rather have a good team or have a fr- or have a French speaking coach? They need so, to change that. I, yes, but it's also like it's like they they like it's it's they like keeping the whole French thing going. Um, I think that at some point you have to find the best person for the job rather than find the best like just find a french speaking individual that like wants to coach or whatever like is that's Burrow's a future head coach of the montreal canadians i maybe maybe i, I the thing is has alex burrows been a coach like was he a coach in the ohl or a coach he coached in the, in the he was a coach in the ahl and now he's up okay. with the, um, um like montreal i, I was listening that... to a podcast and someone said john tortorello to the Montreal Canadiens. And again, like, I don't think that's going to work, but how funny would Torts, Torts in the French media that, would be hilarious. That'd be uh, great. That'd be really funny. Um, I just, I, I, I don't see, I don't see a reason. I don't see a way your team could get better. If you, if you're cornering this super, super niche market, not yeah. only it's, and it's not even, it's, you have to find a coach that's competent, a coach that's French Canadian and a, co- and, and a coach that speaks French. Like, yeah they're they corner the market so much they can't just pick anyone that's like would you rather have bruce boudreaux or alex burrows i'd rather have bruce boudreaux but bruce yeah. boudreaux like in the regular season he's an amazing coach in the playoffs he's not very like he, he can he just doesn't do it in the playoffs but like i don't know how much you can blame that on him or if like it's the teams he's coached i feel but like it's similar just... to a tortorella situation where he's got a short shelf life yeah, but like yeah, he's good for a couple years, but then he's done. Yeah, like you need a new voice. Yeah, but but that's but that's all. All they really need is all Montreal needed to do this year is beat the Leafs, and it it, it looks like Dominic Ducharme is doing whatever it takes not to beat the Leafs. Caulfield Caulfield didn't get in until the third game. Kakimiami didn't get in until the second in. game. Yeah, and Romanov hasn't played once. Yep, like. I don't, I, I don't I don't see a I don't see a solution. I don't see and, a solution to this, you know, has to have has to be French Canadian. Um it's also that it like when when I look at the series is the only reason that like th- this series should have been a four game sweep. The way I, things have been played it's only Carey Price has, has Price. kept them in the games, and the first game, if John Tav- if that didn't happen to John Ferris and the Leafs didn't get shaken up like that. And just the entire like game just went down the bin. It should have been a sweep because the Leafs are so much better than uh, uh, the, the Canadians. And it took a short-handed Carey... goal from Paul Byron. 
Yeah. While he was literally flying through the air like Bobby yeah. Orr. Like it was, it was still one of the craziest goals I've seen probably in this playoffs. Yeah. And um, and Carey Price is the sole person that's carrying this team. And like the 2-1 game, it should have been like 6-1. Because, and yeah. just, it just Carey Price just stopping everything and then just like keeping them in the game. No, realistically, just, based on the way that game played out, like Montreal should have honestly could have easily won that game because they they dominated their period. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the third game, yeah, the Leafs were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. dominated that third period. They should have scored like at least three goals in that third period. Yeah. But hey, luck was not on their side, thankfully. I just, so I I just want to like touch on uh, this when it comes to like. The Montreal thing is like if it does if the series ends on Thursday, which hopefully it does, um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens when it comes to coaching and ma- just management in 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 the Canadians organization. But I want to just touch upon um, Alexander Kerfoot. He steps into second line uh, as second line center. He is looked amazing. He uh, Nylander is carrying that line. Um, Looking back, everyone was saying that Nylander, uh, Kerfoot has to get traded at the dead trade deadline. And like looking back, I like was thinking about it is like, thank God we didn't because he is such a versatile player. He can play on the fourth line, he could play in the second line, and uh, he can play on the third, like he can just play all over the lineup. And he is carrying that line with Nylander, and they're playing really well. Uh, they're put. They have to like. Uh, they have to. They're put up against like the second best line in against the Montreal Canadiens, and they're they're winning those matchups. He's he's been he's been great. He's really been great. I've I've noticed him so much out there in defensive defensive spots. I'm pretty sure he had assists yesterday. Yeah. Um, maybe even two. But I I think he's been fantastic. He's played so well. Um. He, and it's it's another example of you need, you need guys to step up in the absence of your bigger guys. And yeah. I think he's stepped up in a big way. Um, there's there's definitely a chance that the Leafs might even lose him in the expansion draft. Um, I I'd, I'd obviously want that not to happen, but I think that when it comes to the play, when it comes to the playoffs, that's a really really important guy to have in your lineup. He's played really well, and uh, it's it, it's like. Um, it's it's just an example of how you need you need that depth in the playoffs. Yeah. That's really that's really been the key for the Leafs, and that's that was the death of the Oilers. I felt was their their lack of yeah. depth, and the and the Leafs and the Leafs having nothing but depth. Like Matthews has one goal. Yep. Mar- uh, Marner, then... I, I don't even think Marner has. I think Marner has one point. Like, uh, or he might have a couple assists. But yeah, like, so the two top the two. The top lines have combined for five goals, I think, and the bottom lines have combined for everything else. Yeah. So, like Matthews has one goal, and it's all that depth. Like Jason Spezza, Spezza has more goals than Josh Anderson. Yep. And 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 you know Nylander has as many goals as uh, Nylander has and as many goals as the Habs all series. Like, that's I think that's a that's a big reason. Like, would you would you agree, Trev? Yeah, I think. I mean, there's the playoffs. Like most teams, you lose a guy like John Tavares. Like that's that's a huge loss. I mean, for any team, even for the Leafs, that's a huge loss. But they have the depth to be able to cover it and still just be the best team with pretty much every line they send out there. Yeah. In the series, anyways. We'll see how yeah. it goes. So, so, so as, as we move on, depth will become more of an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, playoffs is a war of attrition. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so sorry. Uh, that yesterday, Kerfoot had three assists. Did three assists. Damn. Yeah. Really, really, really good game. Really, really good game. And um, so. I, yeah. Yeah. So going. moving on, Oilers. Um, we were talking about like we just mentioned the Oilers. Um, their depth. What did I say? Show oh, sweet. Um. They got swept. Uh, first of all, I don't think many people called this. I think most people said the Oilers would win in like five, six games, or even they sweep the Jets. 
But this just goes to show you that regular season does not matter at all. Once this playoff start, you can throw out the regular season because I think the the uh, the the Oilers were seven two and one I think against the Jets in the regular season. McDavid had twenty two points in like nine yeah, games. Yep, McDavid was just this world destroyer against them, and then they come into the playoffs. Goaltending is shaky for the Oilers. It was shaky going in for the Jets, too. Like, they were not playing very well. And then all of a sudden, a couple of close games, and they get swept. They can't pull off the win. They can't last. Like, they don't outlast the Jets when it comes to overtime games. And they get swept. What Novak showed why he's a Vezina winner. Yep. This this choke was so bad, even Stephen A. Smith talked about it. Like that's that's the <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, God damn it. That was Stephen A. Why is uh, Stephen A. Smith doing hockey? Like Jesus. Because he has to next year. Now. Yeah. He, next year he has to. Yeah. Like that's a, you know you choked bad if Steve if Stephen A. Smith is talking about hockey because of you. So a part of me is kind of thinking, all right, the last three games went to overtime, you know. Overtime can kind of go both ways, yada, yada, yada. And another part of me is thinking, dude, you were up 4-1 in third period, and you still lost. <laughs> okay, so when you're talking about the overtimes, game two overtime, it was the game ended 1-0 with overtime goal. Mike Smith should have had that. That's He should have saved that shot. The Paul's I, I agree Adam with you. Larson, Adam Larson put him in a tough spot. Adam Larson did put him in a bad position. He probably couldn't even see the puck. But I mean, like you, 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 you kind of you would like to save it. Yeah, I, I guess so. But another thing in that game, how how is it zero zero? Oilers, how is it zero zero? Is is yep. is my is my argument there? Winnipeg is, is the worst decor in the North. Oilers, Winnipeg. Winnipeg? Oh, okay. Actually, no, yeah. sorry. No, no. The worst in the playoffs. Vancouver's was worse, probably. I was about to say, yeah. Um, Ottawa's <laughs> is probably worse. But yeah. out of the, the rest of those teams, like, they probably have the weakest decor. They just happen to have arguably the best goalie. That That's yep. that's a great point. Like, if those if those teams switch goalies, like the Oilers, like, I'm sorry, the Oilers, like, completely destroyed yep. any, yeah. any type of chance that the Jets had. But that fourth game, the reason why I can't blame any of them on the fourth game, that goes to triple overtime on a back-to-back. Okay, and Darnell so, Nurse played oh, 62 six, minutes. Yeah. 15 minutes in the first overtime. Like, yep. I need a five-minute shift. Yeah. No, so, like, I was trying to watch through that game. I made it to second overtime, or halfway through second OT, and then I'm like, I'm going to bed. This is taking too I think long. I lost to the end of regulation. I think I lost to the end of regulation. And then I just fell asleep because uh, I was just too tired. But like, yeah. and then I woke up in the morning. I'm like, oh, what was the score? And then I saw that it went to triple overtime and then the Jets won. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I saw the goal and I'm like, that's a goal you want back. Like that's like, that's, I'm not going to blame Mike Smith for that. I'm actually going to blame Connor McDavid for that goal. Dump it in, get it in. McDavid didn't get it deep enough. Like yeah. he, it's a flimsy little dump and Pionk, Pionk grabs it and just flings it right up the ice and the others are on a change and it's a clear it was pretty much a breakaway. Connor uh, is also a product of Kyle Connor being dead tired because it's triple overtime and not back checking hard and being like, oh here's the puck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, but I mean if we're gonna blame someone on that, I would blame Connor because he didn't he didn't dump it in clear enough. He didn't dump it in deep enough. And you know, what are the old time hockey guys always saying? Pucks in deep, but like you just it's 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 a little mistake like that and even the shite the shifley goal the shifley goal was very very avoidable and it was another example of the oilers didn't ring the puck hard enough around the zone and the jets the jets intercepted and it ended up it was a beautiful passing play but the reason why the reason why it uh, didn't go in was because or the reason why that it went in is because the oilers had a turnover right right up the middle of the ice never send the puck up the zone never set never send the puck up the middle of the ice yeah, I get nervous whenever the Leafs do that. It's very stressful. Um, Can I say anytime, but... anytime a goalie leaves his leaves his crease, I have a stroke. Tristan yeah. Jari, everyone. Oh, we'll, we'll get we, to that. We'll, yeah, we'll get we to have that. to talk we'll about to that. that. That's like a whole nother discussion, which is just yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. But 
for the le- like I saw an oil like on on Twitter or whatever the Oilers were complaining that McDavid didn't do enough. Okay, where does the where do the Oilers go from here? Because they okay. didn't do, add anything on the trade deadline when they should have. Because you they had got the Dmitry Kulikov. Dmitry Kulikov. like that's yeah. it. And it's like it's like what do they do from now? Like they need good goaltending, and I think they need just good depth. They should have got Andreas Janssen when they had the chance. They should have got Kapanen to go play with McDavid and Drysaddle, but they just didn't. Shit, I thought I think Connor Brown would have been a great like they played with each yeah, other. Connor Brown, NHL. yeah, yeah, like. Like the Oilers and Leafs have been circulated in trade rumors for years because the Leafs needed to offload some contracts to get some cap, some cap space, and the Oilers needed winger depth, and they never went for it. They never decided. And and okay, people are talking about Connor's future. I don't think I don't think Connor's leaving per se. No. no. But but how many times? How many times is he gonna? You know, Leroy Jenkins through the through the playoffs and Leroy Jenkins through the regular season. When he has no one to play with, you're telling me that you're telling me Josh Archibald is gonna be is gonna be the winger that helps up McDavid. You're telling me Alex Chason is gonna be that guy is gonna be his you know his finisher or his setup man? No, no. Get He's a real winger. winger. Get a real winger. Get a real goaltender, and then we'll and then we'll talk about it. They so need a scoring winger, they need to be able to split McDavid and Drysaitel. Yes. Yeah. And still, like, and have two good scoring lines. But here, let me be like the people that would say that um, uh, Connor McDavid, uh, yeah, Devil's Advocate, uh, uh, Sidney Crosby has been playing with unknown guys for the last six, seven years of his career, and he has been amazing. And they had great success when it came to, comes to like the playoffs and everything. Well, why, Connor's, why Con- can't Connor play with two random bums that no one knows the names of and elevate them? Well, Connor's playing with Leon Dreisaitl. He's not playing with random bums. You know, you know what the real re- the real reason why they can't score is because their second line is with Ryan McLeod as their center and Zach Cassian on the right wing. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say Zach Cassian's playing on the second line and and Ryan Nugent Hawkins, who had a good series. Uh, as He's their, like, too. Yeah. Why couldn't, why couldn't, what I don't know is why couldn't Nuge be your left winger with Connor? And I thought Jesse Pugliarvi had a good series too. I thought he had a really good season as a bounce back guy. Like I, I that's what I don't understand is they could have split Leon and, and Connor up and, and had Nuge at that left wing spot. And I don't know. Uh, I, and, and Leon, Leon runs his own Neil, line on the second line. They also had Neil Ennis. He had a good yeah, season with James, James Neal didn't do anything. He barely played all series. Like I, that, that's my, that's my, that's why I don't think you can make the comparison because McDavid's playing with Drysaitel, and then every like he, like McDavid can't play sixty minutes. He can't yeah. play sixty minutes. I'm just playing devil's advocate because like no, I, I understand. I, I Sidney Crosby. Has played with some people that like I I don't even like I can't even name like, you that like the Sidney Crosby has made Connor Sheary, you know, millions of dollars after he left the Penguins, you know, yeah, and he's and he's still making Brian Rust a bunch of money, um, and just there's a rolodex of names. Same thing with Jonathan Taves. There's a rolodex of names that the Blackhawks went through, uh, like go, going all the way back to Christopher Steeg and Dave Boland, and those are just the two names I know because they were Leafs. Um, and I like, th- and that's just my argument with the fact that he's playing with Leon. He's not playing with bums. And then once they're off the ice, you got Jujar Kara, Devin Shore, Tyler Ennis. Gold differential when they're not on the ice is like it's negative. Shocking. It's shocking. It's like negative 50 or something like that. Like it just like it drops and then when whenever mcdavid's on it's super high and then when he gets off the ice the entire team just crashes when it comes to goal differential like why isn't why isn't kyler yamamoto in the top six why is he playing on the fourth line he was not playing well there's a reason he ended up on the fourth line he like i I think he has a really high ceiling if you play him with the right guys he's playing with tyler sorry Pretty sure Yamamoto was on the second line for the majority of the year, and then they were like, "Like, it's not working." 
Okay, but like he's playing with Tyler Ennis and Gaetan Haas. Do you expect him to succeed? That like I I hate that we're still in square one with the Oilers. I really hate that because once we once we were talking, I talked to like this is years ago when I when like Peter Shirelli got fired, where like oh they don't have scoring wingers, which is why they're not winning. And management has changed, and it's still the same problem. They have no scoring wingers and goaltending. Oh my god! Okay, you could use the Mike Smith excuse all season. You knew that was going to break. You knew that was going to break. So Mike Smith, like we have to give him credit. He had an amazing regular season. Yeah, he had a great regular season year. But like, you you can't like in the playoffs. You have to use you're gonna use two two goalies, and you can't just ride out like one goalie like that. That I mean, the Leafs have so I can't really. Like yes, what more do you want from them? Yeah, and like they're gonna have. To, are they gonna have to buy out? Uh, what's his name? Koskinen. Cassian? Right, no, Koskinen. Uh, Koskinen. Are they gonna have to buy him out? Because that's Doesn't a non-option. He have one more year. One more exactly. year, four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Unless they, tr- they're gonna have to trade him and retain, because that's the only way someone's gonna take him. That's a non-option. I mean, they do have cap space this summer, but. Nugent Hawkins is a free agent. Barry's a free agent. Larson's yep. a free agent. And yeah. Darnell's going to be a free agent next year. Smith is a free agent. So they need a goalie. Like, and, and yeah. if we talk about Darnell, Morgan Riley's going to be a UFA too. Hey, Darnell, you want to come home? Um, but like that. Okay, I think that Barry's going to. I think Barry fits there. I think Tyson Barry does fit there. Norris, um, most likely Norris winning uh, candidate. Um, Tyson Barry. Jason Barry, yep. I, I think he, I think, I think he fits there. The most interesting thing with the Oilers is if Oscar Clefbaum can come back healthy, that's huge. That's another. Yeah, yeah. they didn't have him all season. But uh, there are I, questions as to whether his. I think it's a shoulder issue. There's questions whether he's going to play again. Oh wow, yeah, that sucks. So they have to figure that out this summer. Ah, uh, that's that sucks. Okay, so he's talking he about was dominant for a long time. I remember. He was yeah. really dominant for years. Uh, so we talked about the Oilers. Um, you guys want to talk touch up on the Jets because uh, they're facing whoever wins this series. Um, they played well. They played tight games. Um, Hellebuck stood on his head, and like, I don't know, like, what can we expect from this? Like this team after following this series. I I I'm full I'm filled with nothing but question marks when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets, because. How long they relied a lot on Connor Hellebuck, and there's no problem with that because he won you four straight games. Their offense, when it's clicking, is scary and monstrous. And if and if they and if they hopefully hopefully if they play the Leafs, the, that's going to be a big challenge for the Leafs defense going from a team that does nothing but defense to does nothing but offense. So their their offense is dynamite. Nick Ehlers dialed in. Mark Scheifele was dialed in. Um, Blake Wheeler dialed. Like uh, Kyle Connor was incredible. And though he hasn't produced Pierre-Luc Dubois, we saw last year can be deadly. So they're, they're the opposite Habs. I've really, I've really felt like, like yeah. I've really seen them as the opposite Habs. Cause that defense is, is something else. Yeah, so that's all third line can score. Lowry, Cop, Appleton. Appleton, Appleton's had a had a great year, and that third line is one of the best third lines in the league. It's it's a it's a great it's a great offensive team, and then you get and then you get past our offense, and you got some and you got some trouble. And yeah, there are and their forwards don't back check either. And then with Hellebuck too is like. You can be a Vesna caliber goalie, but like you won't be able to stop like 50 shots a, a night for four or five games or six games straight, depending on how long that 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 second round goes. And it's you're going to have like it's eventually the dam is going to burst and you're going to have like you're going to let a goal or two in. Mm-hmm. And like what's what's been so. What's been so so good for the Leafs is the Leafs. The Leafs are the Leafs have always been one of those teams where, um, you get one, one turns into three. 
sort of thing. Like once the dam breaks, then they then they can then they can finally you know get some momentum and start scoring. The Oilers just never found that dam. I think I don't think they found it consistently. Uh, it's Winnipeg's a very interesting team, and I and I I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm fully I'm fully capable of saying that I was wrong because I was. Um, yeah, so they're, yeah, they're a really interesting team to me because it's just like there's one like one game you see them and they're just like ridiculous, but like they also need Connor Hellbuck to be Connor Hellbuck. Yeah, yeah, to have success. Like if he has an off night, they're not winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting team, and I think I think whatever series we get next will be will be a very because let's say the Habs pull off the remarkable. It'll be it'll be the it'll be the complete opposites going against each other. It'll be like yin and yang going up against each other. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's gonna be they're gonna be sitting until um, until whatever this series uh, the or the Cabs Leaf series is um, is gonna be finished. It's it's one thing like I don't like about how this whole schedule thing is is I feel that the Leafs are like hold like are like taking longer than expected. But they're only game five, yeah. And then because like a bunch of the series is like the sweeps, they're already done. Like they're just mm-hmm. waiting for their opponents to finish their series. But, I mean, the Leafs are in such a weird position that I've never felt because I've never felt them have a multi-game lead in a playoff. I never, I've never seen them have a multi-game lead yep. in a playoff series. Yeah, the Canucks um, had a multi-game playoff series uh, in the Stanley Cup final. Let's not go there. <laughs> um. So moving on to Carolina. That was last night's game too. Uh, they went it in overtime to lead three uh, two. It was a close game. I was when the Leafs game finished. We I, I watched like the fir- uh, the first and second period. It was a close game. Um, I, I wanted Carolina to win because I don't want the I don't want the Preds to win and go anywhere because the, what do you they, have against the Preds? Uh, because the they're not a very good team, and I want her, uh, I called the Hurricanes to win, so I, oh, okay, I get them okay, to okay. win. Um, <laughs> Carolina. Oh, Carolina's yeah. so fun, and seeing that building, like, okay, I'm not gonna, I don't want to, I don't want to get hate for this, but whatever. Can we get a single soul into a Canadian hockey arena, please? No. If uh, Montreal wins tomorrow, there's 2,500 fans at Bell Center for Game Six on cool. Saturday. Yeah. Good for you. Like. <laughs> That's... Like, why aren't we allowed a single goddamn soul into into the into the arena? Like, it's it's stupid. Because because we are Canada and our officials at every level of government have butchered this to sh- this entire pandemic. I'm, to shit. I'm, I'm so and I'm so I'm just so mad about it. I'm so dude, compl- yeah, like, like watching those games like. Okay, are those game in Carolina? Yeah, like, there's there's a different energy to that game. Yes, yep. like fuck. Yeah, like it okay, like playoff hockey. Are they yep. fully vaxxed or just half vaxxed? I think like, most of them are fully. Okay, I think I think it's either like you have to at least get one shot, and, but you still have to wear masks or like uh, cool. That's that's see, fine. But there are some like states that like Texas or whatever, it's like it doesn't like you don't have to be vaxxed and you can't you don't have to wear a mask and you can just go to an arena like that. Okay, like I, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of that, but like like we we here in Ontario, 65% of us have one shot. Like, can we not get like two like we can't get twenty five hundred people, we can't get three thousand people to distance from each other and wear a mask? Come on. Like and, I, I, that's that's all like, I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna it's, say. It's sixty-five percent of people that are like have their first dose, but there's I think there's like twenty percent that already have their second dose or whatever. And I think there is enough uh, people to fill in the arena like that. Like so. I, I'm, uh, that's all I'm gonna say. But I, it's it's so it's so frustrating to see. I'm so sick of it. But uh, um, so the Carolina overtime goal by. Was it Jordan Stall? Yeah, it was Jordan which, Stahl. Yeah, which that Stahl was, was, so, it was Jordan Did he Stahl. like? Okay, he hit he, it, he hit it out of midair. Yeah, he batted yeah. out of midair. So I had to watch that like a couple times to figure out what was going on because there were bodies flying and everything, and then he just hits the puck and then it just bounces into the net. Amazing goal! I have to give him credit for that. It's amazing goal. It, it was like, it was a crazy goal, but like I I still kind of don't know how it went. In. I thought it was a high stick first off, 
but uh, but I watched it on the replay. He just kind of battered it out of midair, and yeah, like, I think I think it's because Jordan Stall's a big guy. I kind of thought that it was over the crossbar, but it was not, and it just kind of it just kind of looks a bit fluky. But fluky goals in overtime, fluky and, goals and in playoffs. You see, Saros have played so well. Okay, I know so well all series. Yep, and I, I like, think it's really good that they put him in instead of Rene. Because can you can you name a a less consistent playoff goalie than Pekka Rene? I can't. Like, there's no one. Like maybe Jake Allen. Longo. Longo. Maybe Jake <laughs> Allen. He was on the Blues. Uh, I, I would okay because Edmonton's not in the playoffs consistently. Like Nashville consistently is in the playoffs. Oh yeah. And Pecorino is either a Vesna candidate or a 700 goals or a, or a 700 save percentage, you know? Yeah. So I like that's that's uh, like UC Saros has been really, really good. And I think he's the only reason that the series is like the series is going to six. It's also, I think they were lucky to, uh, the Carolina was lucky to win this game because I was watching it and it was a sloppy game on their end. And they were just, I think they were lucky to tie it up and uh, get it into overtime and win it overtime. And the thing is, you can play sloppy games against Nashville. You can't play sloppy games against Tampa. If it is Tampa, you know, Florida, yeah. uh, you know, Flor- Florida won, Florida won. I'll give them that. Yeah. But you can't play sloppy hockey against Tampa. So speaking on Florida, they won 4-1. Uh, the series is 3-2. Uh, last episode, we said, I, I- like I expected that that series to be done with, but uh, the Panthers battle back. Spencer Knight, Spencer Knight came in. Spencer. And shut the door. Yep. So the Panthers are the first team to use three different goalies in the first round of the playoffs. So it was Spencer Knight, um, Bobrovsky, and what's what's it? Drieger, Chris Drieger, yeah. Or Drieger, yeah, yeah. So Spencer Knight comes in. I think it was. 20 here let me check his age he's 26 uh, saves or something yeah so was spencer knight the the was spencer knight the goalie for canada at the world juniors or the u.s no, spencer knight's american he's the american goalie okay yeah I know he's that, the american goalie i can't remember who the canada guy was but he's also a florida yeah, draft pick um, they were both Flor- they were both florida yeah, draft Devin picks. levi was Devin the, levi okay uh, yeah, yeah. so yes he so, had a 930 uh 37 saves. And I'm pretty sure you. 36. First, I'm pretty sure you give a goal in the first shot of the game. Yes, it was the first shot of the game. Goal after that, and did not give up a goal afterwards, which is just like. And he's 20 years old, so he's yeah. 20 years old, and he yep. won a playoff. He's our age. 2001 birthday. Yeah. 2001 birthday. Jesus, Louises. Um, and you know that's a that's a crazy, crazy, crazy stat. We have to pause right now because we're going to end our Zoom. We'll get back to this. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're so back. Florida. Yeah, so Florida. Uh, um, Spencer Knight, incredible. Uh, I A part of me wants to cheer for the Panthers because the like for no other reason than I want to, than Tampa. I don't want there to be another Tampa to win again, but I don't see it happen. Is... Is Spencer Knight? Are they gonna like? Do they keep Spencer Knight or Drake uh, Drieger? Or I, I was gonna say I was gonna say Drieger's a free agent. Oh, Drieger's okay. Gone. He's gone. So I mean, they're. I mean, you, you can't move Bobrovsky. That contract. Can you buy him out? Can you buy him out, or is it worth? Or is it? Or is it like? I don't know it if bad, it's, it's worth buying it out. It's a ten million dollar contract. Two years into a seven year contract. Yeah, like that thing. That thing never looked. That thing never went good. Like I don't that know, it's one thing never, to sign Bobrovsky, sure, but you draft a goalie thirteenth overall, and then go out and sign a goalie to a seven-year, seventy million dollars contract. That was that that that's what, and especially especially like, the Devin Levi thing. He was great in the World Juniors too. So what are you gonna like? That's gonna be a great tandem, I think. For I I think that's gonna be a great tandem for the Panthers for years to come. But you're gonna have this boat anchor for the next five years although so, i guess the other thing is you normally don't expect a goal coming at 20 and be an nhl goalie like especially college goalies like normally they stay in college for a few years and they go to the ahl like look at a guy yeah. like Patrick demko for example like he's 25 and he's Jack finally Hamill. coming into his own like that like yeah that, that, i guess so alex nadelkovic as well is another guy who's yeah. just coming into his own at like 25 ish Man, James Reimer's the third goalie there, and it makes me kind of sad because I love James. Um, 
I, it's goalies are goalie tandems can be so weird. Like, so do they do they run in next year with like with Spencer Knight and Sergey and Sergey Bobrovsky? Yep, okay. I think so. Oh, for Drieger, I would tell Edmonton, or for Tukarask and Drieger, I'd be like Edmonton. I, I'd be if I was Edmonton, I'd be like, just how much money do you want? We'll give you all the money. If I'm I Edmonton, Tuka- I'd even take Peter Morazic. Yeah, I'd that too. I take Peter. Yeah. I take Peter Morazic too. Uh, here's the thing about Tuca. I think that Tuca, I think Tuca's going to retire after this season. He's either retiring or he's coming back to Boston. Like he's not yeah. going anywhere. But I and I and I really get the feeling that he just like Boston fans hate him. He doesn't have a good rapport with the with with the fan base and just for some reason for, for some, some dumb I, I, reason. It's still one of the most puzzling things. One of my teachers, one of my one of my teachers in high school was a Bruins fan, and it was one of those things where like I was like, well, why do you guys hate Tuca? Because he sucks. And I'm like. He's he's brought you to the Stanley Cup final twice, and it's like, yeah, and he's the reason we lost them. So I just I... they did win one, so like I don't like they wa- that they, was Tim Thomas and that was Tim Thomas. Oh, was two, okay. Tuka was, was yeah. How do you tell us how you feel about Tim Thomas in Game Seven? I'm so sorry. Um, if we want to, okay, let's let's roll, let's rub salt in the wound. So that was one of the greatest runs of a goaltender I've ever seen in my life. The Tim Thomas run. One of the greatest runs, and he and he alone destroyed the Vancouver Canucks for years to come. Because yeah, they went out and hired Boston man Jim Benning. <laughs> that was the goal. He was, he, was, he was the assistant GM of the Bruins. Brutal. Also, take in the Boston Bruins won a Stanley Cup with a management team of Peter Shirelli and Jim Benning. And Peter Shirelli is currently, <laughs> I think, is he out of the league last time? Yeah, he's out of the league. He, or is he, he like... He along with he along with everybody else who knows how to who knows the game of hockey was up for the Pen- Pittsburgh Penguins job. Yeah. Um, remember, I, remember at the beginning of the year when Pittsburgh like we're getting we're getting completely off track, but like remember at the beginning of the year when Pittsburgh was looking for a replacement for Jim Rutherford, and it literally felt like anyone who either played the game of hockey or knew what the game of puck and stick was was up for Pierre that McGuire. was up for that job. Pierre yep. McGuire was up for that job. I think Ke- yep. wasn't Kevin Weeks up for that job too. Um, See, but like, the thing is with Pierre Maguire, he's in, literally in on every single open position that there is. If there's an open position, he his name comes up for I remember some years, reason. Like years ago, Bob McKenzie would be like, and you know, a, a colleague of ours, you know, Pierre Maguire, uh, no, just like he's like, I'm, I'm just saying, is up for this job as well. He would literally be he's on said interviewing like Pierre McGuire would be on the panel and just be like, and you know, Pierre, Pierre's up for this job too. So I, and I actually heard, I heard a really interesting story from my dad about how Brian Burke became the president of that, of, of the Penguins. So the reason why they were getting all of these names is because guys were, guys were asking Brian Burke who these names, who these guys should be to fill this position. They were getting yep. all of these names from Brian Burke and um, and I think, and Mario Lemieux was like, why don't we just hire Brian Burke to be the president of hockey ops? And that's, that's how that happened. It's still, still one of the craziest, still one of the funniest tweets I've seen was Elliot Friedman when he broke it being like, uh, and it looks like our colleague, Brian Burke will be the president of the Penguins. Um, very unexpected. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks Berkey for your, for your input. It's been fun. Like it was, it was a yeah. very much like a last minute thing that happened. It was funny to see that even Elliot Friedman, like it, Mr. Insider Man, yeah. didn't know that. And he just like works with him too. Yeah, very, uh, very funny. Okay. But yeah. as we're on the topic of um, the Penguins, um, they're currently losing the series 3-2 to the Islanders. So Why can't the Penguins get Tuchel Rask? Because Jesus Christian Tristan Jari. So I think Christian Jari has already cost them two games. Game one for sure, and um, this game right now. So I watched that play and went, "Why is your goaltender flipping a puck through the middle of the ice in the defensive zone? Why is your goaltender playing the puck in front?" Sorry, that's my mic. And overtime, anyways. What? Why? <laughs> Why? Like I, I... stupidity. Imagine if Ovechkin was on that team. Imagine if Ovechkin was on that key. He would have ringed out Tristan Jari the way he ringed out Ilya Samsonov. 
Wow. Also, on that goal, you had Jari. So, first he turned the puck over, and then he ends up in this in-between, like, half-poke check thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, you just open yourself up. You're in the and... middle of no man's land when you do that. And I'm watching that. I'm like, um, Matheson's right over there. And if you put the puck around the boards, Malkin's right there. But he throws it up the middle to no one. I don't even know who he was trying to hit. Was he trying to hit Josh Bailey? Like I, yeah. m- maybe I maybe I missed something, but I want to I want to look at that play one more time just by myself. You guys, you guys start talking because I, I I was completely dumbfounded. So so do the Penguins battle back? I the way things have gone, I don't think so. I think the Islanders are going to take the next game, which sucks because the Penguins were the the best team in that in that division, and they oh, looked sorry, pretty who, good. Who 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 picked the who picked the New York Islanders heading into the series? Who who picked you them? Did. Who picked them? Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, like the way things were going, I thought the Penguins would win, but that's not. Uh, but you I mean, never, the, the you never count out the win. Islanders' BS. The difference is goals on Elias Sorokin's been good. Yeah, he he's been really he's been really good. And Tristan Jari, Tristan Jari's been fine, and then he makes a dumb mistake. I literally yeah. just watched that goal. I have no idea who he was passing the puck to. He was, I think he was trying to pass it to Kapanen, but Kapanen was nowhere near where he was where he was playing, where he was passing that puck. And what makes this worse is before after game one, Pat McAfee literally said that Tristan Jari is gonna cost Sidney Crosby Sidney Crosby another championship. Yep. And that was after game one. And man, was he right. Because here's the thing with a guy like Tristan Jari, like Mental errors aside, like whatever, in terms of Tristan Jari as a goaltender, um, when you have a weakness as strong as Jari's high glove, that you might be able to get away with that in the regular season. When you play yep. seven straight games against the same team, they'll figure you out. And Barry Trotz isn't dumb. Like, like, again, like he's is- coming back to the Canucks last year against the Blues. They figured out Jordan Bennington couldn't stop a shot low blocker. Yeah. And then they lit him up. Yeah, I think that was also the same thing when it came to Winnipeg and Edmonton, because every single goal was off the rush coming from the side and just uh, was a blocker or glove side. I think it was glove side. And it just like the two overtime goals, they, they went into the same spot. And I think eventually you figure out the goalie and um, and th- that's how you win a series. And yeah. And, and, and if I'm going to I'm going to say something else. When you find weaknesses in a team, you attack those weaknesses. Good, great teams do that. Yeah, and I'm going to use this as an example. When the Leafs play the Bruins, uh, either time, anytime that, anytime the Bruins dump the puck in, they dumped it into Ron Hainsey's corner, Roman Polak's corner, and I want to say like you know Nikita Zaitsev's corner as well. Wasn't it the right sides? Right? No. It was right? whatever. Whatever weak defense that they had on the ice, because yeah. Mike Babcock decided to put Roman Polak, Ron Hainsey, and Nikita Zaitsev yep. on the ice, um, and and they they attacked those guys. He kept he stayed away from Morgan Riley, he stayed away from Jake Gardner, uh, and he stayed away from Travis Dermott. Um, and then and then in, in 2019 they did the same thing with with other defensemen. They. In 2019, they attacked Jake Gardner because he had a back injury. They attacked the keys, I said, because he was bad. Cody CC and Cody CC was Cody CC was last year, but I'm sure Columbus did the same thing. Yeah, and Cody CC apparently is a Norris candidate with the, with the this year, yeah, with, with the Penguins. Uh, yeah. And I looks hey, guess I guess Kyle Dubas was right. I guess yep. Kyle Dubas was right all along. So. Um, you attack. You attack your your opponent's weaknesses. That's that's what you that's what you do in order to win series. Yeah, um, and then the final series that's still happening, the Wild uh, battle to win Game Five. The series is, to, uh, is uh, the Vegas Golden Knights lead the series three two. Um, if they play like they did, uh, like they played in Game Five, I think there's a shot that this goes to Game Seven, and then no once way. it's Game Seven. Um, it's literally a toss-up. So no Minnesota way. can start scoring. Minnesota had 13 shots like, last game. They did win though. So I mean, so, I don't know. If if this game gets Kirill Kaprizov going, watch out. Yeah, which, I know. I Kirill, still I still fully expect Bill Vegas Kirill. to win this series. I still yeah. fully expect Vegas to take this. But, I do too. 
This is what this is what's worrying me about Vegas. Let me take you back decades upon decades ago to five years ago, because this is how how long hockey feels sometimes. Years like so, five years ago, and I want to say fifteen sixteen, the the Capitals rolled over teams. They just come. They just destroyed worlds. Won the Presidents Trophy by twenty points. Whatever. Heading into the series, they play the barely squeaked in but playing hot Philadelphia Flyers, and the uh, Penguins played the somewhat good third place in their division, New York Rangers. The Penguins won in five games with without breaking a sweat, and the Capitals, the Capitals were in a similar position, being up three games to one, or they're actually up three games to nothing, and they lost the fourth game. And then going into the fifth game, up three to one, they outshot the pan- the Flyers like I want to say it was something dumb, like thirty to nine in the in the game, and they lost two to one. And they ended up winning that series in six, but the but the Penguins that whole time snoozing away waiting waiting for their opponent, which they assumed was the Washington Capitals, and the Penguins kind of made easy work of the Capitals winning that series in six. I'm afraid that the same thing is going to happen with with Vegas as they let that, that fifth game slip away and Colorado's sleeping away, wait, waiting as they sweep the blues without trying. Yeah. I don't know. For, for somebody with Vegas, shot totals can be somewhat misleading because they just direct so many pucks on net. They just take a lot of shots. Yeah. And uh, they're generally not a super high percentage shooting team because they just shoot the puck a lot and just some of them happen to go in. But they're not all great chances, which is why you see a game like that where – Minnesota scores what three or four goals? I don't remember how many they got on like fourteen shots. Whereas yeah. Vegas takes like fifty shots and they score twice. Mm-hmm. Like it, I mean, it could also probably Cam Talbot, but yeah, I, was gonna I think say. a lot of it is like they're not getting as many high danger looks, so the shot clock looks better for them than maybe it should have. It could also be like the whole like scoring thing, where like if you're up like like four two or whatever you take less shots because you're more in the defensive zone like protecting the lead yeah i guess but i just i that's what's I, i'm that's what's making me cautious about the vegas golden knights because they they should have won that game they should yeah. have won that game and they let it slip away and you know especially and especially if if minnesota forces a seventh Colorado's uh, Colorado's just going to be like, hey, beat the crap out of each other. Why should we care? Yeah. Also, and, yeah, like Vegas, they're in a tough spot in that they win this series. They get arguably the best team in the league in the second round. Yep. Yeah. And it's also why... like if you were going for the Stanley Cup, you want to finish the series as soon as possible, like five, six games max. You don't want to go to seven games in any case scenario, unless it's like the finals but you don't want to go to seven games because you don't want to risk injury and you don't want to risk um, just being tired because you have four rounds to go. It's, it's an example of when you're up, when you're up three games to whatever, sweep the leg right away. Like that's why if the Leafs lose tomorrow, I'm going to be, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to feel a little nervous. Like when you're up three games, when you're up three games in any series, like sweep the leg, get it, get it done. Get it done and finish it up. Um, so that's that's it for like the the playoffs and what's happening there. Um, a couple of other things uh, for Ovechkin and the Capitals. Uh, he he said that I want to finish my career here. So as expected, he's I think he's going to come back and sign like a two year contract with the Capitals. Do you think it'll be like at all expensive? I don't I don't, I don't see it being expensive. Like two million, uh, three no, million. I think it'll, it'll be more than that. Way. Six to seven range, probably. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I was th- I was thinking five, but okay. Like I, like I'm like, thinking probably, yeah, somewhere, he's somewhere around there. Nine I don't see. right now. I think he's making nine. Yeah, he's making. Yeah. It's like it's like you said last episode. It's the only it's the only thirteen like ten plus year contract that actually worked out. Yeah. Like it's uh, I, he, he's he's gonna play until he either physically can't anymore or he breaks Gretzky's record. Like, yeah. it, honestly, when he when he breaks Gretzky's record, literally, like, take your helmet off, throw your gloves on the ice, like, retire like, then and there. Literally, okay. retire at center ice. Like, yeah. I'm out of here. Bye, guys. Yeah. I, I yeah, that's what I do. Um, and then the other piece of news that I have is uh, Wayne Gretzky is leaving his position with the Oilers. I think it was like a 
I don't remember what his position uh, was. Chairman or Vice something. chairman. Yeah. I had no idea. Vice... I had no idea that Wayne Gretzky was even a part. Like, but I know he's going. He's going to TNT, which is really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have, he's we'll leaving have someone the... on the TNT panel that knows hockey. <laughs> we'll have one person. So he's he's leaving the um, Oilers position, and now he's going to be uh, he's joining the TNT as an in studio analyst. So that's going to be interesting to see how that whole panel shakes out. Um, and who else is going to be with him? Because Wayne Gretzky, as like as he is, I mean, he was one of the greatest hockey players of all time. But I don't know how he's going to do on TV. Like that's 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 like I do don't you... like I don't know if he translates well to being on TV because most hockey players don't translate to well uh, uh, like very well in front of cameras. So we'll see how that goes. I guess he has been a coach, which should help him a little bit. But yeah, he was a coach. Let's like, let's be honest. He was a co- he coached the Coyotes in like yeah. 2009. Yeah. He was a and coach. wasn't that only for like two years? It wasn't literally like, it didn't last very long because it didn't work. It did not. It was yeah. oh, it's one of it's one of the funniest one of the funnier uh, uh, things to come out of hockey. Who, who do you guys think be on like the ESPN and TNT panel? Like, what former players would you actually like to see? Like, I would have to go like. Down, down a list of players that are actually in the media or like wasn't are... there talk of Ray Ferraro doing a bit of both ESPN I know he's, and I, I TSN? think he's I don't even know if he's staying at TSN. I know I know that I think ESPN he's, got yeah, him. Yeah I think he's going to ESPN. Because I thought I, think, I saw something where it was like he's doing he's going to ESPN but he might do some like regional Leafs games or something. So he might do that I, but I, I think him. Okay. Yeah, but. and I think if you have a shot to go at for ESPN, you'll leave TSN. Like, because I mean, like Gord if, Miller did did TSN and NBC right for a while. Yeah. Yes. So, so but here's I don't here's know. one guy that I think ESPN or TNT should throw whatever money at it. Kevin Bieksa. Oh, I love Jews. That guy is hilarious. Yeah. He's so you see good. That? Like I don't. I said Trevor this. I don't know. If, I don't know. I'm, I hope so. Ourselves. You saw this, but where uh, Friedman. Friedman brought a bunch of clips about Jake Muzzin, and all he did was bring bring up how Kevin Bieksa couldn't play defense. It was something along the lines of, "Well, here's here's a Jake Muzzin's first NHL point. You see, he passes it to he passes it to Dustin Brown, and Dustin Brown knows exactly what defenseman to attack. The weak side of the Vancouver Canucks defense. And, so, his foot and, and it goes off his foot and in. And then you see his first ever power play goal, and you see Kevin Bieksa the perfect screen there on Ryan Miller, so that the goaltender can't see. Very very weak defenseman defensive yeah. play right there. And so you see you just see Juice just like, what about a save for Miller? So like I there's been so many. He's so funny on this panel. Yeah, so good. I think that whoever. Whoever is uh, is doing the TNT or ESPN, get Kevin Bieksa. Hilarious, hilarious guy. Like the other yeah. thing I love about Juice, uh, Kevin Bieksa, um, is that he's one of those guys that, like, like, he's got that, like, swagger to him, but he also knows how to take a joke. Yeah. yeah. Like, And he's... he doesn't take two things, like... And we need that in hockey because everyone takes everything too seriously when it comes to hockey and just like the media and everything. So like, he yeah. is like a breath of fresh air when it comes to just like laughing and like he'd always he swaps out like the photos and in, in his background to like weird. <laughs> That's weird so shit. funny. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he lives in California. Like I, I could yeah, be because he Whatever. played in Anaheim and then I think he stayed out there. So like yeah. that'll be a that that might be a better thing for him to do to do stuff in the States. Like I would hate to lose him at Sportsnet. I think he's a fantastic, yeah. I think he's a fantastic personality, but I think if I'm, if I'm, if I'm whomever, uh, throw as much money at him as possible. Also, BX is the kind of guy that like, like you can see the chemistry that he's built with guys like Elliot Friedman and, yeah, uh, I think he and Kelly, he and Kelly Rudy Kelly always Rudy. have a great back and forth between like, like, like and he's the kind of guy, like he walks into a room and he just like, like, he, he just kind of generates that like instant chemistry. Like you, you yeah. just feel like you can bounce whatever you want off Kevin Bieksa, and he's game. Yeah. So that's that's just so, that's someone I think who should be a real a real consideration for the ESPN. Yeah. Panel. Yeah. Also, it's... Yeah. Also, the member of one of the craziest goals I've ever seen in 2011. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know if Sahar, so you've seen that goal. Basically, like Edler. Edler threw the puck off the stanchion. Everyone thought it was out of play, except for Kevin Bianca. He throws the puck off the basically the boards. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, and they, were showing, it. they were showing it. Yeah, okay. It yeah. lands perfectly on his stick. And he one times. I felt so bad for Anti Miami because it's like, dude, no one knew where that puck was. Literally, yeah, no one knew. Been happier or more confused in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand. I, I think can, I can understand that. I think for one of the games, they were showing that like the shot, like his goal. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. Um, yeah, so I think that's like we can wrap it up. But like when it comes to just like broadcasting, I. I kind of want to know who is even interested in doing those things. Uh, Kevin Bieksa with Wayne Gretzky would be pretty funny. I don't know how like that chemistry would work. I think but... they'll take a bunch of the NBC guys and just put them back and put them on ESPN. You know, Anson Carter. Um, yeah. I think I, I saw Dominic Moore was Dominic there too. Moore. Like, yeah. Bring like, uh, Babcock along. No, Babcock <laughs> came for like, I think he only like, he was only supposed to present for like four games or something. Like, he's literally going to be the coach of like the fucking like Calgary or no, sorry, this isn't is, it the Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan or yeah, Saskatchewan no, University team. For free in like Saskatchewan or something yeah it's, it he is for free because it's a university he literally went from the he went from the highest of highs uh, NHL job you can get to coaching the college team yeah and like I like I don't know how effective he will be because all these like millennials that have tiktok or gen z that have tiktok like i don't think anyone's gonna be listening to mike babcock yell at them no and one. tell them uh he's just gonna be like why aren't you watching the fishing channel i told you to watch the fishing channel I mean, to yeah. be fair it's better than some of the guys nbc have had on like uh mike milbury if he goes yeah. to espn like i'm sorry that i don't think be, so like, i don't think so. it wouldn't surprise me wouldn't surprise me uh but wow wow yeah uh one of the um, it's gonna be interesting to see like how all these panels shake out but uh till then um the leafs are playing their next game on thursday so if we get if the leafs win that game uh we'll be back friday yeah if not uh we'll be back um monday or S- sunday we'll figure it out but we'll have a podcast after the next uh leafs w okay. um so thanks for listening uh, share us, recommend us a, recommend us a friend, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.